We now begin Maseches Ksuvas, and this is the first Mishnah, Perakal of Mishnah Aleph. And the topic of this Mishnah is on what day weddings should occur. So as the Mishnah will say, and I'll actually read it to you inside right now before I explain everything, um, there are two separate um, applications of this rule. It depends if we're talking about a woman who's a basula, a virgin, she'd never slept with a man before, or an almana, a woman who's a widow, and therefore, of course, she had been living with a previous man, the previous husband. So the Mishnah says inside. I'll read it to you all, and then I'll explain it to the short Mishnah with a lot to say. It says, Basula nises the Yom Haravi. A Basula, a virgin, should get married on Yom Haravi, on Wednesday. Va'almana, and a woman who's a widow, Yom HaChamishi, she should get married on a Thursday. Why, says the Mishnah? And this is talking about just the Basula case. We're talking about the virgin, not about the Almana. Because in the towns, the Basin, the Jewish courts, will convene twice a week on Biyom Hasheni Biyom HaChamishi, on Mondays and Thursdays. And therefore, if the new groom would have a claim that his wife was discovered to not actually be a virgin, though she had been purported to be one before they got married, he'll go first thing in the morning and go to the basin to make his claim that she wasn't, he discovered that she wasn't really a virgin. That's the whole Mishnah. So now, to make sense of this Mishnah, a good amount of background is required. Let's first talk about the Basula. So the issue that the Mishnah is concerned about is that, as we said in the introduction, there are two stages to marriage. There's the first stage called the Erisin, and the second stage is the Nisuin. They typically were as much as a year apart in the time of the Mishnah. So the concern is that after this man did Arison with this woman, he gave her the ring, then for a year she was still living in her father's home, and before they become, well, I'll call instead of the first stage would be, let's say, legally married, and then a year later they become functionally married when she moves in with him. So before they become functionally married and do Nisuin and she moves in, the concern is that she was infidelitous and had an affair with another man. If that would be the case, so then... They could not stay married. He could not stay married to her because a woman who was infidelitous, um, consensually infidelitous, she sleeps with another man and she agrees to it. So then they're forbidden to stay married. So the concern is that this woman got engaged, then she had an affair. When I say engaged, I mean Arison or Kadush, which is the first stage of marriage. Then she had an affair and then they did Nisu in the second stage. Uh, which would make her forbidden. So in discovering that she's not really a virgin, the concern is that he's now got reason to believe that this affair happened and therefore they can't stay married. And what we're engineering is that the basin should be available to him the very next morning after their wedding so that he'll, while he's still got his blood boiling, he's, you know, very upset. And before she can sort of appease him, he will run to Besdin and, you know, and make this complaint. And that's important because since it's forbidden for them to stay together, if indeed it's true that she had an affair after the Arison. If too much time passes and she's able to appease him, then maybe they'll just live in sin forever. They'll stay married, and but this was, it was forbidden. It's forbidden for them to stay married. So that's the basic principle driving most of this Mishnah. Now, a bit of background here. The Basin's convening twice a week in the Mishnah's world on Mondays and Thursdays. The reason for that is because when the Jews came back to Israel under Ezra, so Ezra made a number of, of enactments. One of the ten enactments he made is that Basin should meet on Mondays and Thursdays in the towns to be, um, be able to serve the people so they can get their you know, halakha decisions rendered. 
And he chose Monday and Thursday because since the time of Moshe Rabbeinu, there was a requirement to read the Sefer Torah, read from the Torah on Monday and Thursdays. And therefore, the people who lived in the villages further out, like, you know, in the fields, they would come into the towns on Monday and Thursday to hear the Torah, the reading of the Torah. And so while they were there, we'll now make the Bate Din available to these people so everyone, um, both the town people and the villagers, can get their um, halakha decisions rendered. So therefore, it's specifically Monday and Thursday on which the basin convenes. That being the case, the Mishnah says that the Basula Nisais the Yom Haravi, a woman should get married on the on the Wednesday, so that um, the next morning, Thursday morning, the husband will go to basin when he's still upset. Now, uh, worth pointing out here, it doesn't say um, on the night on Thursday night. Excuse me, I should say it doesn't say Wednesday night. It says Wednesday day. Now, in English, Wednesday is the whole day, Wednesday and Thursday is the whole day, Thursday, but of course, in the halachic world, so Wednesday is divided into two parts. Wednesday before sundown, let's call it loosely speaking, three stars coming out, is Yom Ravii, and then when three stars come out, Wednesday, that nighttime becomes already Leil Hamishi, Thursday night. So the Mishnah could have said weddings could happen on Thursday nights, because then the next morning will be, you know, Thursday night, meaning Yom Hamishi. Leil Yom Hamishi, which would be really Wednesday night, excuse me, for that wasn't so clear, Wednesday night, so that the next morning would be Thursday morning, the basement would be open. But the Misha doesn't say that, because we're concerned that if the wedding would happen in the nighttime, Wednesday night, Leil Hamishi, so might, they might party all night long and actually not have a chance for her to move in and them to be together until the next day, which then would mean they would miss they would miss the, the basin. Therefore, what we're saying here is the wedding should happen on, like I'll call it Wednesday afternoon, so there's plenty of time, um, for both the wedding celebration as well as her to go home with him and them to be together and then the next morning for the best to be available in the case that uh, they need it. Now, that being the case, you might ask yourself, wait a second, why can't they get married on Sunday? Because the basin will be open on Monday morning. And the answer to that is, um, well, certainly that's true. Chazal wanted to arrange that Jewish women had beautiful weddings. And if the wedding happened on a Sunday, they were concerned there wouldn't be enough time because the previous day was Shabbos to prepare the wedding properly and have, you know, fresh food and so on, um, and it wouldn't be a great wedding. So therefore, the rabbi said, let's have the wedding on Wednesday. We have half a week to prepare, and the chassan will make sure that his, his bride has a beautiful wedding. So that's why it's specifically the Wednesday as opposed to the Sunday. And why it's Wednesday day instead of Wednesday night. Now, if you would make such a claim and say he discovered that his wife is not a virgin. We'll discuss in the next Mishnah like what evidence he might have, what he's actually claiming. And we'll discuss some of the ramifications in the next Mishnah. But let's just talk about this one point here. If he makes such a claim, so the idea is that if it's really true, they couldn't stay married. Now, what happens if he makes such a claim? He says, I have good reason to believe my wife's not a, not a virgin. And therefore, it's very possible she was infidel to set an affair um, after we had Arison, after we got married with the ring, the first stage. So... Is he allowed to, let's say the Bezin gets no witnesses, so the Bezin won't render anything, they have no evidence for anything besides his claim, will they say that he has to, he can't stay married to her? No, they will not. Anyways, can he stay married to her? Yes, he may. Now that's perhaps unusual, and as much as usually the rule is, um, that when a person is shavya nafshei kachaticha de isura, when a person says something, he knows something's forbidden to him, or he, he in his mind, it then doesn't matter necessarily if the technical halacha is something's permitted. He has to have integrity and treat it as forbidden. Just So a simple example would be, you know, three pieces of meat get mixed up, and 
And um, the rule is that uh, if one of the two were not kosher and two of the two were, two of the, excuse me, one of the three were not kosher and two of the three were kosher, so then under certain circumstances, they can, they can, uh, it's considered as bittel and they can, all three can be eaten. Okay? So, if this person says, listen, I know that's the halacha, but I'm looking at this piece and I think I recognize it. To me, it looks like the piece that was forbidden, but let's say that's not enough to, you know, tip the scales in favor of pointing to that one specifically. So then he will have to have, um, halachic integrity, he'll have to treat this piece of meat as forbidden, um, and not eat it. So that's the halacha, because he thinks it's not kosher. So similarly, if this fellow thinks his wife had an affair, so then even if the halacha won't convict her of that, or whatever it is, still he, you would think, he would have to, you know, have integrity and, and not stick around with her. But that's not the case. And the reason why is because even his claim, when he says he believes his wife's you know, not a virgin, doesn't mean that she is forbidden to him because it's what's called a sfeik sfeika. There's two levels of doubt um, that she'd be forbidden to him. The first is, even though, let's say, let's accept the fact that she had an affair with another man, um, but was it really an affair? Maybe she slept with another man before Arison. If it happened before he gave her the ring, then they're not forbidden to get married. She only becomes forbidden to him if she had this affair after they got uh, had Arison, and and furthermore, even is that the first suffix? But furthermore, even if she did sleep with a man after Arison, who says it was consensual? Maybe it was against her will. And if it was against her will, again, she'd be permitted to stay with him. And the other is because it's a sveik sveika, two levels of doubt, he may stay married to her if he so chooses, and no other witness will come to corroborate his concern that she had this affair. Um, there is some exceptions to that rule, like for example, if the fellow were a Cohen. Since a Cohen cannot stay married to a woman if she has an affair, or even if she's um, she's raped, you know, she sleeps with a man against her will, doesn't matter. She has to. She's forbidden to stay with her husband, the Cohen. So if our chas and our mission here were a Cohen, then he would not be able to stay married to her because you don't have a sveik sveik. You don't have two levels of doubt, just one. It's a doubt if it happened before, or after they got in Arison, they got the first level of marriage. But uh, there's no second level of doubt. Who said it was against? Who said it was consensual? That's not relevant here. Okay, fine. So. All that being said, um, our mission now says, The virgin gets married on Wednesday day, as we explained. Now the almana, the widow, should get married on a Thursday. Why would that be? Obviously, the issue of besulim is not, is the issue of discovering whether or not she's a virgin is not relevant because she's a widow. Of course, she was previously married. It's a whole different consideration altogether, um, which I will saying just one moment, but the Mishnah then, I'll come back, the Mishnah before, now continues not discussing the Almana, but rather the Basula, and it says, as we knew, it says, twice a week, the basins convene in the towns, Wednesdays and Thursdays, and if he has a claim that she's not a virgin, he'll go first in the morning to claim against her the Basula. That's the Basula story. Let's revert back now to wrap up the Almana story. The Almana, the widow. So, She's supposed to get married on a Thursday, specifically because, again, the rabbis were concerned that a woman should be taken care of. And there's a halacha, that if a person marries a, a widow, he's forbidden to do go to work for three days. He has to stay with her and spend time with her and rejoice with her. So those three days, um, he can't go to work. Now, the concern is that a person might not be so excited about his new wife, Thalmana, and he might be inclined to go to work anyways. So... The rabbis are engineering it here that if the wedding is on a Thursday, of course he won't work on Thursday, he's doing a wedding. The next morning is a Friday, he's now just, you know, just has his brand new wife, he'll be very excited with her for that, you know, at least for the next morning, so then 
he will stick around with her and she'll be able to rejoice with him. And then the third day is Shabbos already. So he's not going to go to work then because it's Shabbos. So at least she'll get three days um, with him. And that's why the rabbi said it as such. Um, there is a second reason brought down, by the way, which is since the bracha pruvu meluk es the pasuk of blessing um, humanity that they should be fruitful and multiplied, that really was given on Yom Shishi on the Yom Shishi the on Friday. So if you arrange the wedding to happen on a Thursday afternoon, then already it'll be Thursday night, which is Yom Shishi, in which they'll be um, together the first time, and that will be the bracha, so to speak, um, to go to them as well. So that's what's happening over here, why we want the woman to get married um, as an almana, a widow, on the Thursday. Now just to make sure something is clear, this can get confusing. The rules are that if a woman is um, marrying for the first time, so then she has seven days with her husband, and he's not allowed to work for those seven days. If she's an almana, then it's down to three days. Um, and in fact, so that's the focus on the woman. As far as sheva brachas, what we call sheva brachas, birchas chasanim, whether or not to make those seven blessings um, during the benching for the next seven days, etc. So that is a, actually a different set of rules. The basic rules being, if either one of the bride or groom are having their first marriage, then it's they recite Sheva Brachas for seven days. And if both of them are now like an Alman and Almana, a widow and a widower, who are getting married for a second time, so then they just have Sheva Brachas for that one day. So the rules about saying Sheva Brachas are not really the same as the three or seven days that the husband has dedicated to be with his wife after his marriage to her, if she's an almana, a widow, or a basula, a virgin, respectively. As far as Halacha Lamaisa goes, uh, this Mishnah, to a great degree, doesn't really apply um, in as much as Bati Dinner open every day of the week, and normally, and therefore, there's no reason to be concerned about the basula issue, and um, although there is reason to think that an almana should specifically get married on uh, on a Thursday, based on what we said, um, really that 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 uh, ideally or even should still apply.